You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. So Heavenly Father, we thank you again for saving us. We ask Holy Spirit that you would lead us as we discuss out of your word. We thank you for your direction. We thank you for an anointing. We give you thanks, our Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's push out a big amen. Amen. Good, good. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, let's celebrate Tolu uh, for sharing his God experience with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I do, rec- I do remember that conversation with Tolu where someone says, oh, I think you talked to Idris. I remember telling him, I'm not sure what, what you talked to me about um, and stuff. But I really thank God for Tolu's testimony. Um, and Tolu's been here a couple of times, or has been here a couple of months, not times. Um, and it's interesting to watch God work in Tolu's life. For some reason, I'm very comfortable in my imagination just seeing Tolu preach a Sunday service. You know, I just, I just have, you know, the whole black shirt, black trouser, you know, red thing. Just here, you know, he looks very comfortable in that space. I will see what God will do. All right. Um, how the person next to you? How are you? How, how are things with you? It's a long time. What's, what's really happening with you? You know? Find out something you didn't know. Just, I mean, just, just ask them something you didn't know before you came to service. Feel free. Are you married? Well, all right. <laughs> Today, um, it's okay. Just one thing. Just one thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to speak, speak about freedom to love, and I try and put this whole series together. Just a quick thing, couple of things to mention. Uh, very important. We've done this last year, and we're going to do it again this year, starting next Sunday. Uh, drive. Drive is uh, drive is uh, is one of the things that makes life point life point. It's where we we say, look, we're going to give back, and we're going to empower people who are just starting out in their careers, just getting out of school. It's for three Sundays or two Sundays, and then one Saturday. But it promises to be a fantastic time. So here. You know, anyone who is, you know, really young in their career, about to start, please ask them to go on our website and register for Drive. It will start to after service next Sunday to run for three hours. And we've got a fantastic uh, bunch of speakers. And promises last year was great. This year will be better. So please, if you know anyone who needs to register, please do encourage them to do so, okay? Uh, also to mention that we'll start a new cycle of small groups, uh, but yeah, yeah, this shouts. But this ones, this ones will be uh, the last ones were interest based. This ones will be Bible study, online Bible study, right? Yeah, uh, and there are five groups starting. We will give more information about the small groups uh, in the coming weeks. There will be an opportunity to register after service. Uh, one small group will look at um, one patriarch of faith will study Abraham's life over a five week period. Uh, one small group will look at uh, spiritual gifts. In, in, you know, specifically, we'll look at prophecy. All right? uh, one small group will look at the book of John. Uh, one small group will read through Ephesians, I think. And I think the other ones will look through the end times, revelations. All right? uh, I, I find that the small groups are an exciting way to become more a member of the family. But more than that, I think these ones in particular also provide us with an opportunity to deepen our faith. The good thing about this small group is that you don't have to see the faces of the people you're in the small group with. 
in case that's how you like to roll. Um, so I think there's a uh, use of technology, so it's WhatsApp, uh, what else, Zoom, and all the things. So at the end of service, there will be um, a registration stand up behind this veil, and you just go there, put your name down, and we'll get the details across to you during the week. The last thing which we will run in the month of November um, that needs to be mentioned is a course called Dealing with Depression. Help me ask the person next to you, do you know somebody who is depressed? Uh, you are afraid I was going to ask, ask them if they are depressed. Uh, yeah, but ask them, are you, are, you, are you depressed? Are you, is everything okay? Did I say yes? Just give them a hug. It's all right. But um, what has happened? So over the last couple of months, years in fact, it's, it's come to our mind that dealing with depression is a big deal. And um, there's a church in London who, you know, we admire quite a bit, Holy Trinity Brompton. And I reached out to them when I realized they did have a course titled Dealing with Depression. And they are piloting that course. And I said to them, would you please share the materials with us? They said yes. And so we've got the materials, and it will run in November. Again, we will communicate the exact uh, uh, schedule. It's, it's, but, so next Sunday, for example, I'll be able to say exactly when. But again, if you are remotely interested in this, or you know somebody who needs to be, would you please write your name and your phone number, contact details, you know, behind the desk. I saw her, will be there with a sheet of paper. Uh, I don't want to take this for granted. Um, uh, and I, and I, I mean, I've, I, have, I have had to deal with depression before, and I know it's not funny. Uh, so I'd like us to approach this prayerfully, but if you know people, and you have to do it nicely, so you don't just walk to the guy and say, I know you're depressed, come to my church. You know, this is how we have this nice program for people who want to be happier, all right? And, and let's see how, how that goes. Okay, so I think that's, that's about it. So next week, uh, it's, first of, it's the first week in November, we start a new series discussing leadership and innovation. All right, I think that's about it on the announcement side. I will go to my message very quickly. Last week, some very kind people informed me that in my last two messages, I had mentioned Mary Kay a little bit too much. And so they gave me a list of new uh, cosmetic, <laughs> and, and I'm not joking, I'm being serious. People are like, I have a very serious conversation with you. Uh, there's Mac, Zaron, Sephora, and this is people just walking. And why this impresses me, I'm just worried if that's all people are getting from my messages. <laughs> yes, go for it. All right, but just to inform the church that I now have a new list of, of makeup uh, uh, brands. All right, so help me ask the person next to you, what has love got to do with it? What has love got to do with it? Um, and there used to be that song. You know the song, right? You always form like you don't know this song. <laughs> Like, oh, you, you grew up hearing hymns, right? That's all. But let's be that song, What's Love Got to Do, and all that stuff. And I can sing that song. If you guys are singing One Corner or whatever, I can sing that song. I can. I insist. I insist. I know. I insist. All right? Um, and so we've been talking about freedom this whole month. Uh, scripture says, Who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. Um, and I want to speak about freedom to love. Somebody says, this is a good message. Because like, I didn't know you, this is the kind of message where I tell the person next to you, I love you. That kind of, somebody says, this is a good message. I, I like where I'm sitting today. I like who I'm sitting beside. All right. Um, but I kept 
you know, preparing for this, kept getting this picture in my heart, almost like, as a, like an x-ray. And then in, it was almost like having an engine or a generator or a battery, which is why the battery is still on the state, within the heart of a believer. And I'm explain very quickly. And I believe that one thing that happens when we get saved is that we receive new capacity for love and for forgiveness. Because what happens is when man falls, uh, sin immediately produces hatred, selfishness, envy, jealousy, all sorts of manifestations of evil. Off the bat, once man disobeys God, so when we read through, and we can do that very quickly, Genesis chapter 4, the Bible says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desires for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with, his, with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You have me ask the person next to you, are you your brother's keeper? Ask the next person if they're not paying attention, are you my keeper? Are you my keeper? Ask them, do you know where I am? Do you know where I am? Okay. Because right off the bat, sin evokes a rather amazing, loveless, if I could use that word, reaction. They didn't even wait until two generations. Immediately, people start to fight. Immediately, um, Cain does not argue with God. Cain argues with the person who had nothing to do with God accepting their offering. This is the same spirit at work in Lagos traffic on Monday morning, where people are just upset with you because you are worshipping on the way. They're just like, why are you, no, why, why are you just praising God? What's wrong? Why? You just want to show off that you now have a car. You know, it's the same spirit. And not only does it produce violence, it also, the Bible says in Hebrews, that the blood of Abel begins to scream for vengeance. It's an interesting dynamic. In 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 12, it says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. 
And what you find is that both the person who is the object and the subject in this matter, the victim of the absence of love, are often left with the same conviction that everything is bad in the world. You know, that people are bad, that God is not here. The world is totally out of order. And so a post-sane world is a very loveless world. It's a very loveless world. And, but one of the things that Jesus does when he comes back and restores man unto God is that, firstly, he even models for us a life of love and service. He breaks barriers. He crosses boundaries. He, he just begins to show love in a new way. I mean, he speaks to the Samaritan woman at the well of Samaria. A woman who had gone through quite a bit. Five husbands and still counting. He, we talked about this two or three Sundays ago. He rescues the life of the woman who was caught in adultery. She was not thinking of adultery. She was not even just sending nudes to somebody. No, no, no. She was caught in adultery. But Jesus rescues her life. And you and I know that we are church folk in 2017, but a woman caught in adultery, my God, ah, we will not judge her, but at least one stone. Huh? Jesus models exemplary love. So his disciple, who he had chosen, called out of a life of fishing which wasn't going too well, and then makes him the head of this crew. Disciple denies Jesus three times in his darkest moments. And yet Jesus says to him, I can imagine you denying me once. If I can imagine that I told you that you were going to deny me. And that if anything, that should now make you cautious. But no, even after I told you, Felicia, that you were going to deny me. You denied me once, twice. I know how they say it. You fooled me once. And the thing is, he, he models love that is without limits. When he resurrects, Jesus organizes a barbecue with fish for this same disciple. I would have very strong words. Even if I was going to restore this, I would have very strong words. I said to him, Peter, you know I told you that you were going to deny me. Sometimes, Peter, you have to listen to me. I am Jesus. I made the world. But you have denied me and you see how everything is now. I would give him, no, it's just so that he understands. So the next time I say to him, X and Y, he takes it. But no, Jesus is making barbecue. If I was Peter, I wouldn't be afraid to eat the fish. You know, Jesus is about to be crucified. And then there are thieves on the left and on the right. And they're having conversations. I, I, you, I hope you recognize that the people who crucified Jesus were part of the people that Jesus was dying for. And true, beneath man that I am, in my mind, being crucified, I'm dying for the whole world minus you, 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 and you. You spat on me. That's the end. Tells the thief, 
you will be with me my father's king. He, he lets little children come to Little children come to him. And you all know how little children, very nice, can disturb the service. But just let them come to me. Jesus exemplifies love. And so when a man, a person gets saved, he gets a new nature. We read this from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. In fact, Galatians 5.22 speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. The first thing it mentions there is love. And you know, um, one of the very first things that happens to you as a Christian is you receive God's nature, the capacity to love. So sin has preconditioned us to hatred, or at least not to love. And love is important. Love is a healing agent for all pain and for all bitterness. No, it says love is the fulfillment of the law. And so one of the first things that happen, and so when we talk about freedom to love, I need us to understand this is not just this is not the love they sing about on the radio. It's that that effect of sin that we see in Genesis chapter 4, that immediately people cannot stand each other. Uh, when, you, when people think, so sometimes I'm very impressed when people talk with confidence about their enemies. Like, ah, you know, like, well, it must be very popular or something. I don't really know people I can call my enemies like that. I know my, yeah, you know. But you say, oh, my enemies, I have to pray against my enemies. And like, it's, it's a product of the sin world, of the sin nature. But Jesus deals with that. I read a couple of scriptures very quickly, but Jesus deals with that. And so Paul begins to talk about how, for a believer, the practice of love is a measure of our spiritual development. So what you want to talk about, whether you're growing as a Christian or not, your love walk is one of the first things we look at. I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, when he speaks to the church there, you know, he, he says, look, I could not speak to you as mature Christians. He says, because they are still exiled. He talks about not working in love. There's still strife. There's still divisions amongst you. Help me ask the person next to you, are, are you in love? Are you in love? So he's just like, no, I'm asking anything. I don't want to hear. No. So look, ask the person next to you, are you in love? Not my wife, the other lady. <laughs> He's going to ask my wife, and I'm not sure what she's going to say this morning. Like, like P.I.'s wife is not in love, what's all that? But you can ask her, she'll tell you. Apostle John says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, he says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. In fact, if you go back one chapter to 1 John 2, 9 to 11, he says, he who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. 
Verse 10 says, he who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The born again Christian has lost the capacity for hatred. I was preparing for this yesterday. I remember making a note saying, is there still anybody that I hate? It's important. I, I love this generation. We are the generation of people who can smile and put up an appearance, you know. Uh, older generations just said it like it was, but we have to put up an appearance. The born-again Christian is like a love machine, an original love machine. It's meant to be a dispenser of love on a retail and wholesale basis. You, that is our new nature in Christ Jesus. So the new birth, as it were, was a re-engineering for love so that we could receive love from God. We can accept that love and we can share that love. You know, Paul says when he prays for the church, he says that you will come to a place where you understand the length, the breadth, the height, the width of God's love. And and so when we talk about love today and freedom to love and being free to love, it is a big deal. I say to someone during the week, that love is actually one of the greatest proofs of our Christian faith. I say that it's the currency for our faith. That's how we deal. It's the battery that powers the Christian faith. And, and um, the way I, I describe it is if, if, you, if, you, if you try to live the Christian life without deepening your love walk, it's like getting a car moving by pushing it and, and then feeling cool that the car is moving. So just imagine that tomorrow morning you're driving to work and then you see Falabi but he will need somebody else, David and Josh. Just pushing, Falabi is a Corolla, right? Corolla down the road. And just saying, oh, we're driving to work. You know, you're probably going to like, say this Lagos is really tough. Things happen to people. It's this Monday morning. You know, of course, you take pictures, put it on Instagram, send it around the world to save it for posterity. But just imagine that you just, of course, if you're going to work and you just see lots of people come down from their cars and just start to push their cars. Push it. I suspect as a Lagosian, you probably at a point just say, ah, before they arrest me, let me come down too and push my own car. But you probably wonder, but this is not how the car was meant to go. It's the very same thing that happens when we try to live the Christian life without love in our hearts. In fact, I, I said to a friend that any spiritual growth that does not affect your hunger and your capacity for love is suspect. Any spiritual growth, any form of religion that does not affect, that's what it is, just pure religion, that does not affect your hunger for love, does not affect your capacity for love is suspect. That's a polite way of me saying it's not real, but you know, I just don't want to be definitive like that. Let me tell, tell the person next to you, Chief, are you in love? Are you in love? It might not be a chief, but just are you in love? 
Because, you know, this is not for lack of give me love. This is the real deal. This is the, and, I, and I know how it is. You know, I know, no, I know how it is that, that I know all these songs. I live in Lagos. Uh, and they play it. Yeah. But, because sometimes when we think about love, all you think about is, you know, Valentine love. No, no. The Bible says God is love. It says when a man is in Christ, all things are passed away. And all things are made new. It says, and all things are of God. You can substitute that saying, all things are of love. 1 Peter 4.8 It says, above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. So I put in my notes that the new birth is a call to reckless, unstoppable, insurmountable love. Passionate, God-inspired love. The next time someone says to you, are you in love? Your answer better be yes. Should be yes. <laughs> because it's not, and, and this is important, so this is not just the romantic, you know, uh, okay, you drop first. No, you drop first. Oh, you drop first. No, you drop. My credit is endless for you. You drop first. Oh, no, you drop. I love you. No, I love you more. I love you more than more. Oh, I love you. If I don't see you, the sun has not risen. That, no, that's, it's all right. That's fine. That's good to have. And if you have it, oh, God bless you and save Johnny. But this is, this is, this is the love that God is. Peter says to have fervent love. And I remember as I prepared for this, I began to ask myself, am I under loving? Under loving is the word. If that is not such a word like that, but I created for the purpose of this message. Am I, am I loving beneath my capacity? Am I loving beneath my capacity? And I said it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you remember this, Josh, because we, we had this conversation about that lady you fell in love with in, what country was it? Was it Switzerland or something? Sweden or something? Remember her? What's her name again? Ah, you remember her? Wow. <laughs> wow. When you just bring one Swedish girl, say, P.I., this is the girl we talked about. But I remember us saying that day that the fact that I have been freed from something does not mean, or freed onto something does not necessarily mean I will have that thing. We explained that day that sometimes the things which God has done for us is like Josh getting a visa and a and a passport and a visa to go to a country that he wants to desire to meet this girl so they can dance around the fountain. I remember we said that. And we said that for him to proceed into the fullness of that love experience, right? That romantic place. That for him to get there, that Josh needs to do a couple of things. He needs to buy a ticket. He needs to show the immigration people that he has the visa. He needs to counter any contrary argument that might suggest to him that that visa is fake. He needs to buy a ticket. He needs to find his place on the flight. In fact, what happens is that he needs to get on the right flight. Sometimes people get on a plane and they say, this plane is now going to Abuja. The man says, Abuja? Abuja? <laughs> no, I'm not going to Abuja. I'm going to Port Harcourt. So, hey. But he needs to make sure, I'm going to, this is where I'm going to. And then he needs to get there. 
And so when we keep saying to you, look, God has freed you from fear. He has freed you to soar. He has freed you from sickness. He has freed you from this. Onto this, it's not, uh, it's, for lack of a better word, it's not automatic. So I have to decide to walk in the freedom for which Christ has died. If you read Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says to stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not become entangled again with a yoke of bondage. This is important for us to, to talk about today about love because if you, um, if you don't get love right, I worry that it means that you will not get your walk with God right. When, when Jesus talks to, in Matthew 25 about what I've called the marking scheme for life, what he would look at on the last day, you essentially see that he's, you know, because they said to him, ah, but Jesus, where did we see you and not do this, that, and this? And, and he says to them, look, when you did not do it for X and Y, you did not do it to me. But when you look through each of those things, they are essentially an exhibition of love, an expression of love. So when Josh gets saved, and I'm sorry, I'm just, I just know I'm liking your name today. What happens is that he receives a, the liberty from God to walk in a new level of love. In fact, to love the same way that God loves. How does God love? John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. As someone says, oh, Idris, this sounds very nice. It sounds very nice on paper. It makes a good sermon. But in my experience, I am not sure how I move from being the person that I am now to this level of love that you describe. He says, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. How does it work? Because... You know, it is, I am born again, but I am not really so nice just yet. I may tell the person next to you, I know you're not so nice. I, I, know, you're, I know this is your church face. I know this is your church face. About <laughs> all of you, you know, you, you know, even you, you know yourself. You know yourself. Uh, you know yourself. So a couple of things about walking in the freedom to love. The first thing I say is, is and just follow me, is that you need to learn the basics of the love language and love life. You need to learn the basics. I don't know where you went to school. If you went to a good school when you were younger. Even, oh, by the way, I went to Ibadan yesterday. The Ibadan people say I've been hailing their town. When I went to Ibadan yesterday, I was really impressed. Okay? <laughs> um, if you went to school, they will teach you what we call the alphabets. I was going to say the, a, the ABCs, right? And depending on how some schools, they will teach you A's for apple, B's for what? Ball, cat, D, you know, all that stuff. Someone, someone looks like he wants to just, Felicia looks very eager. She's like, let's go for it, E's for this, all the way to Z, you know? Okay, Felicia, don't worry. End of service, you can come, just show off, all right? But what it is is that when a baby is born, you don't just look at the baby and say, ah, you're a baby, oh, speak English. Speak English. You can speak it. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't do this. 
all human beings speak English. Speak English. You don't want to speak. Ah, you need deliverance, so you can't speak. <laughs> ah, Josh, come and see your child. <laughs> Not speaking English, oh. Every language is learned. And the just say, oh, oh, this is a new baby. How old? Five more. Okay, well, let's teach them. You don't bring, where's Prof. Tolu Anemi? You don't bring Tolu Anemi to teach children. That's, you, know, you don't start with big words. You know, you're like, you know, you don't, if you go to your child's you know, basic and you hear them talking about, you know, teaching the kids, you know, one-year-old or two-year-old, high potences. <laughs> you know, look at that. You know, you don't start with the big words. Because you build from the basics. And it's the same thing when we get saved. So we carry the nature of God. We are free unto love. But a lot of us do not realize that we have to learn the basics of the love language. And so things like, uh, things like courtesy. So when you read First Corinthians chapter 13, if you put back that slide, things like courtesy, things like kindness, warmth, Say to your neighbor, so, 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 just look forward. Mm-hmm. P.I. didn't bring me to church. My neighbor didn't bring me to church. Things like humility, things like forgiveness are things which need to be learned. People say, no, I'm, I'm Christian. I should just, it should just happen. No. And so you need to, by the study of the word of God and letting the Holy Spirit work in you, learn what we call the ABCs of love. In fact, the way we learn languages is by hearing, by copying, and by exercising our knowledge. I mean, and the truth is, some of you, yeah, in fact, let me, let me say this. Look, you need to make love your mother tongue. A lot of us have mother tongue. You know what mother tongue is? The one is the, the language that is, how do you put it? The one that you started with. Because one, see what happens, that one language secures the landing place. i tell you how it works. So like when you go to a badon, the mother tongue is Yoruba. And so sometimes there are certain words that a badon people want to say, right, that might not come out, it is said the word, but you know, hmm, this shifts, this shifts are, there's a way the thing is coming. If you, if, you, if you go to where I come from, right, if I, if I hear someone talk, I immediately know if they come from Benin. There's a kind of thing that comes through. So these teens, ah, yeah, that's, uh, so that's my people. When you hear someone whose mother tongue is Igbo talk, you, you kind of, you don't have to, one minute, you're like, ah. In fact, how good it is, is that when you're abroad, when you hear a Nigerian talk, you mainly notice our people. When we hear you talk as a born-again Christian, we should be able to hear love in, your, in, your, in the things that you say. So I say, look, so you train, you, it's a training. It's not, and it's how, how it happens is that, you know, you copy, you hear. So we say, God first loved us. You know, First uh, uh, John four nineteen says, we love him because he first loved us. So you look at God's love, and then you, you begin to say, you know, he says this, and you, you say, the Bible says, he forgave us. So you say, I forgive you. In fact, when you read, I think it's Matthew 16 or Matthew 18, it talks about the man who had been forgiven by his master, then goes to the person who owes him a smaller amount of money and refuses to forgive him. 
And Jesus says, look, this is what's going to happen. Throw the man in jail. This is what's going to happen to you who does not forgive from your heart. And so what the man should have done is to have looked at what his master did for him and then reflect that in his relationship with the other people who owed him money. So how do you make love and how do you exercise this freedom to love? You look at God. You listen to God. You know, because sometimes we say God loves us, but sometimes we do not understand what it means. He paid the price for the things you owed. He does not count your sin against you. So if God does not count my sin against me, it means that when I practice love, I cannot count someone's sin against us. Ah, no. <laughs> Josh took my biro in GS3. I told him that that biro is a special biro because Fatima had given it to me. He didn't hear. Oh, but, oh, oh we say, oh, no, 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 no. It is that. But you and I know that there are tongue talking Christians who are still carrying quarrels from GS3. You have blocked her on Instagram, she has blocked you on Twitter. I'm coming where you are. Wait. I just, just wait. Wait for me. Help me ask the person next to you. Are you in love? Are you, are you in love? Are you, are you in love? Are you in love? It says we love because God first loved us. We forgive because when you read Colossians 3, Ephesians 3, Apostle Paul will say, forgive as Christ forgave you. So when we talk about you learning love and walking in love, we're not saying doing it in isolation. We're saying go and learn what God has done. If God could love somebody like you, and you, you and I know where you've been. In fact, where you are, not just where you have been. And God still loves you. How, how is it that you then find capacity within your heart to look at somebody and ah, say, ah, ah, look at Tolu. <laughs> My point is, there is, a, there is an outflowing from us that is a result of the inflowing of God's love. In fact, I say, look, if you want, because you know all of us, if you, I mean, all of us have an accent. The American accent is a good one. All of us, for some of us, I don't, our accent is mixed. It's half American, half, half British. It's okay. I like, I've got a slight British accent. I don't mind at all. All right? <laughs> but I say, can you also develop a love accent? So when people hear you talk, they're like, I'm not sure if he's Igbo or Yoruba. I'm not sure if he's is he's British or American, but I can say that there's the love of God in this person. The first step is to let God love you. Let God walk in you. Let God, I keep saying to people, how do you go a day without pondering the fact that God loves you? It is the foundation of the Christian walk. Paul says to be rooted and established in it. What does it mean to be rooted? It means to draw strength, life, energy, everything from it. When you disconnect a Christian from the love of God, they might still bear fruit on the outside, look okay on the outside, sing the right songs on the outside, but the truth is that it is unlikely that that Christian will be able to walk in love for a sustained period of time. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8, says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, 
bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Can you put that scripture up? Back again, let's go back to the verse before. From verse 4. I like to read this scripture, and I like us to read this scripture, but as we read it, I'd like you to put your name in front of it. So I'm going to say, Idris suffers long and is kind. Idris does not envy. Idris does not parade himself. Does not do his shoulder up. Which is the next one. It's not puffed up. Does not, Idris does not behave. So let's do it. One, two, go. From the start, from verse four. Idris suffers long and is kind. Idris does not envy. Idris does not parade himself. Idris is not puffed up. Hmm. That one is so good. Let's do it twice. For somebody here, just to do it twice. Idris, does, Idris suffers long and is kind. Idris does not envy. Idris does not parade himself. Idris is not puffed up. Verse 5. Idris does not behave rudely. Idris does not seek his own. Idris is not provoked. Idris thinks no evil. Verse 6. Idris does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7. Idris bears all things. Idris believes all things. Idris hopes all things. Idris endures all things. For some of us, as you said that, your heart was arguing with you. Some of you, you heard your conscience say, stop lying, stop lying. <laughs> say, just relax, stop lying. But the Bible says it is God who is at work in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I, I, and this for me, perhaps, is one of the most important messages in this series because every other thing that you will do as a Christian, when Paul, you read 1 Corinthians 13, he says it does not matter. You can prophesy, you can sing, you can speak in tongues. He says, but if your love work is not right, everything else is wrong. So we learn the ABCs of love. We, we, we learn the basics of the love language and we begin to practice. You know how you learn spelling uh, words? If you went, if you were in my generation, so me, Folusha, uh, who else am I meet here? Tolu, yes, you can join us. Ah, sweetheart, August, yeah. You know, some people, so they taught us how to learn. We're the ones that did uh, B-A-T, B-A-T. They, when we wanted to teach words, they taught you the whole word. They didn't. So I, when I saw my, my child learning how to you know, pronounce things and spell things, they taught them, I don't know, fancy thing, where they would do, I don't know what they call those things. Huh? Phon- phonics, eh, something. So you tell my son a word like... Uh, uh, let's say, um, no, even a long one. Uh, huh? Hippopotamus. So my son will do the hip, and then as he says it, he begins to remember the words and how they are arranged. That's not how they taught us. We had to learn everything. H-I-P-P-O-T. They even learned songs for the whole thing. They taught us the whole thing, wholesale. If the word was 26 lines, 26, there were 26 alphabets in the word, you learned the 26. They taught us multiplication table. You guys, they didn't they teach you about formula. Mm-mm. You do one times one, one times two, two. You finish, you move to two. Then you enter five, you enter seven. I think you stop around 12. God helps. So you do 12 times. Some people are like, they really, they did that to you? But that's how we learned it. My point is this. When you start your walk in love, sometimes it will feel that mechanical. You quarrel with Adesua. You read the Bible tomorrow. God says, forgive. If your brother offends you, do not put it on Instagram. He says, go and approach her first. 
You say, but if I put it on Instagram, I can, we can fight or whatever they do. But you say, but God says, go and approach her. I'm like, hey, but I don't want to really go and approach her. But it is the same way you learned the basics. So when you do it over and over and over again, and what happens, you do it the first time, you do it the second time, you begin to see the power of God at work. You begin to see the mercy of God at work. You begin to recognize that this is who you were actually created to be. May I say to you, ladies and gentlemen, Christians have no right to malice. No right. You lost your shareholding. You cannot. You, please, eh? You, you have no right. You, don't, you lost it. You don't have the ability to. So I'm so sorry. Tell the sorry. Just tell the next to you. Sorry. I apologize to you. You cannot. You, you know that thing where you say, you just walk by. Somebody walks by you. You look at the person. The person looks at you. You walk by. It, it's not you. Ha! Somebody say, why did I come to church this Sunday? Because this thing is going to haunt you all week. And you're going to go and meet that person who you have been avoiding like the plague. And you're going to sort it out. Because, and you will, you will work the ABCs. Are you, going to sort, are you going to sort it out already? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to call my mom now. Just greet her for us, okay? And I do know his mom. He's a nice person. Okay. Uh, that, it will start mechanically. It says to give. Give what? I, I need to run. I'm going to come back to this, okay? I'm going to come back to this. So God loves me. It's like a pyramid. God loves me so I can love myself, so I can love others, and maybe others will love me. Maybe others will love me. The second thing, so you love, you learn the ABCs of love. You learn the ABCs of love. And don't feel frustrated if you're not getting it all right immediately. But you need to be on the path. You need to be able to, as a Christian, look back at your life last year and say, this year I love better. This year I love better. Extremely important. <laughs> to live at peace with all men. To live at peace with all men. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. I've said this a bit, but you know, we cannot, as Christians, you cannot inherit quarrels from your parents. Church, are we here? Yes. Uh-huh. So, because what happens sometimes is our parents, when we appear on the scene, they have been quarreling with Uncle Joe for 10 years. And so we do not talk to Uncle Joe. And then we do not talk to Uncle Joe's children, and our children, who have not come yet, will not talk to Uncle Joe's children. Children. We already decided. No, sir. You have been liberated from that kind of wickedness and foolishness. Mm. You have been. You have been. So we do not even, we do not even, we do not inherit quarrels from our political leaders. You say, me, I'm PDP. Say, you are, you look like Abga? APC, okay. All right. APC, we don't talk. That's nonsense. Or you say, oh no. And you know, it gets, it does get bizarre. You say, this guy, he supports man, man you. We are gunners. Both of you, they don't know you in England. Okay? They don't, they have no clue who you are. No clue who you are in England. So we cannot, in, you, people inherit coils from their parents and they feel, you're feeling cool. No, but what you're doing is that you're frustrating the very grace of God within you. It's like a little baby, this Josh's baby that we're talking about. Why do we come, are you trying to get married and have babies? So why am I talking like this about you and baby? Well, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do quickly, okay? Let's move on. All right? It's like, if you had a baby, this is not going to be a good example. It's not your baby. So your neighbor's baby. 
and your neighbor's baby, they're trying to teach the baby how to speak good English. You know that there are words that your child is speaking. You say, no, no, no. You know, because apart from the fact that you don't even want your child to embarrass you in public, you're also like, this is not how to speak English. So you say, um, Dad, I haven't come back from school. You say, no, 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 that's not how we say it. I haven't come back from school. No, I haven't. No, no, no. And you correct their English. Why? And so my point is because you know that you are building it. So for you, to, it's like teaching a child how to speak English, and then when they wake up the next morning, they are backing. And you're like, no, no you don't, we don't do that. That's for the dogs. The dogs, you say, so they, they had the dog backing, or they make animals, so your child just going around, woof, woof. <laughs> after, you, <laughs> after you put the prayer point on your church prayer tips, <laughs> you now see the child and say, look, come. <laughs> Never do that again. All right? Because that is not how we communicate. So when you are on the road tomorrow morning and somebody is driving rough in front of you and you want to wind down, bring your head and tell them, you know, those things that people say, something on the inside should tell you this is not the person I am. Last year, two years ago, before I got born again, maybe, but now in Christ, I carry the very nature of God. I am free to love. So you're going to probably tell the person, God loves you and you need to go to church next week and learn better driving skills. <laughs> oh, no, but, oh no, 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 because you know there's sometimes when after I finish talking to people in traffic, I say, God, forgive me. <laughs> and I'm, tell, I'm, I'm telling you, it happens. Like, God, forgive me. I'm really sorry. But it nearly took off my trafficator or whatever we call it. So is there still anybody that you hate? Is there anyone who you have refused to let go of? And this is important because I know that sometimes the matters are serious. Sometimes it's not just that they took your bio or your pen. Sometimes it's that they acted nasty. Sometimes they told something that wasn't true about you. Sometimes they did you in in a business deal. Sometimes it's your father or your mother who didn't treat you properly when you were growing. Sometimes it's the person who actually did abuse you. You know, Peter shows up, I was reading that this morning, to Jesus and says, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus says, 70 times 7. I'm sure Peter looked at him and like, well, that's a lot of times. So I say that love in itself is a purpose of life. So love is a purpose of life. When, you, when the next time you think about why am I alive, why are human beings alive, why are Christians alive, love is a purpose of life. In fact, I, I said that, look, there are, too many, there are too many love opportunities in our very present space and time for people to be saying, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Your life is already pregnant with so many opportunities to show love. Matthew 25, I was referring to this earlier, verse 37. It says, when did we see you? It says, Lord, when did we see you and feed you or thirsty and we gave you drink? And the Lord says, uh, it says, assuredly I say unto you, as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to close this up on something. It's from Romans Chapter 5 and verse 5. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 that the love of God 
It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. One translation says that the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As I prepared for this this week, this is why there's batteries here. You know, it, it, I began to realize that what happens when you get saved is that your batteries are charged by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is like a battery charger. You know what a battery charger is? You, you know what a battery charger is. And I'll tell you why this was funny. So I think it was on Thursday. I was going off to work and uh, got into my car. I put it on. So what happens is that it's packed. I drive straight into my house. When uh, the driver comes in the morning, he turns the cars around. And so he's turned the car around. But then I put it on and it refused to come on. And it's like, oh, my God, not today. So I'm shouting at the driver, what did you do to my car? Why, why? I'm not like actually walking in love, but I'm trying. Like, what happened to my car? He says, I just put it on and start. He said, it started once. Yeah, did you change the bag? Did you, were you putting, did you put on my radio and be listening to, said, no, I didn't do anything. But, but then he takes off the terminals, brings the battery from Ogo's uh, car, and the car comes on. Wow. But then I think, I said to myself, well, we need to check this properly. So I didn't want to then get to work. And then this happens like that. You know, and so I said I took a I took a taxi to the office. It was Thursday. Uh, coming to service on Thursday, uh, uh, Pamela's called me. Oh, how are you doing? And she says, Oh, I said, but I didn't drive. We're going to take myself and Caleb are going to take an Uber down to church. She says, Oh, my office is two minutes away. We can pick you. So we're like, Oh, fantastic! Thank you, Pamela. Good, 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 good Christian. And uh, she comes down. You know, nice car. I can't remember nice car, but nice car. She's packed downstairs. So we walk in. You know, open the boots. The boots has, that's not the message, but the boots, that's the message. But there are things in the boots. I don't know why, but there are things in the boots. We put ourselves in the boot. We go around. She goes, car owner, and she puts the key on. And trust me, the car does not come up. At that point, I'm saying, my tight. I've already paid my tight. <laughs> I paid all my tight. What's, 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 what's all this? And she's looking at me like, this has not happened before. And again, they open the boots. They fiddle, and they open the boot, and we can immediately see what the problem is. There's a lot of stuff around the terminals. And so they take it off, put another uh, battery, the car comes on. As I'm coming to church, I begin to realize perhaps there's a message in here. And, and then it goes back to this whole discussion about the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Because don't forget what I said earlier, but the kind of love that we are called to as Christians, it's not just the it's not just the effort, like I gave me love. I just can't remember the next line. But yeah, it's not just that one. No, gentlemen. No, no. At this age, you sing it. <laughs> it's not just that. It's that what happens at the new birth is that the capacity that you have on the inside to produce and to generate all sorts of love, the energy you need, the ideas that you need, are awakened. Because but we go back to where we started in Genesis chapter 4. Because of sin, when Cain observed what had happened in Abel's life, Cain had a couple of options. He could have gone to Abel and said, I don't know what you did for God, but could you show me so I could go and do it and my offering will be approved? No. He kills the man. You are like, ah, small play. You just, how did you get there? He just literally kills him. And so you can't take for granted how sin corrupts 
the ability of mankind to love one another. And so I took that whole experience on Thursday because, funny enough, my car has been working fine since then. And I said, I'd had this picture in my heart about the Holy Spirit saying, look, when you spend time fellowshipping with me, when you pray in the Spirit, when you study God's Word, when you worship, he says, what you do not realize is that I am providing you with capacity for love. Capacity for love. And so you should wake up every morning asking yourself, where am I supposed to show the love of God today? To whom am I supposed to show love? Who am I supposed to, whose life am I supposed to interrupt with the love of God today? And so, you know, this morning as I wrapped up my preparations, I realized that a lot of times as Christians, we under love. It's like, you know, we, and you know, so you know that there are cars and there are cars. There are cars which should not do more than 120 on the road, 120 kilometers per hour on the road, just for the structural integrity of the car and the safety of the life of the people in the car, right? Uh, there are cars which, uh, and I won't mention models not to disparage, but they're selling models. If I told you, the car was just doing 200 kilometers per hour. You're like, no, it's not doing that. And there are cars which, if you do not, if you're just cruising around slowly with them, I remember people used to overtake me in my BMW years ago and just... You know, my friends would tell me, you don't know how to drive this car. So what are we doing with the spiritual supply of love capacity that the Holy Spirit keeps putting in us over and over and over and over again? It's one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit keeps on, the Bible says, do do all things without murmuring and complaining. When you murmur and you complain, you shut your eyes to opportunities to use the love of God that you have on the inside. Someone said, I don't have money. The apostle says, silver and gold we do not have. He says, but such as we have, we give unto you. And you know what happens with batteries is that you have to keep them. So when you're traveling for a long time, so I say to the driver, make sure you warm my car. So if you're just, if you're not been, if you've been away, you've just got back. That, I don't know how to say it where you are, but what it means in Nigeria is make sure the battery does not run down. Out of lack of use, the batteries will go down. So you need to keep your battery charged. You need to keep your terminals connected and free from that which reduces your ability to express love. You need to find outlets for the love of God to flow through you. We're free to love and it's, 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 if you could put that slide about the kind of love, it's, it, is, it, is, it is love that passes human understanding. It is love that passes human understanding. It is love that breaks the protocol of... It is love where God is saying to love those who despisefully use... Who, who don't use you properly. It is why you would smile, why you would even pray for someone who has been abusive towards you. I know, I know that, you know, life uh, sometimes sets, up, sets us up in such a way that we say it's hard for me to love. Sometimes you go through, you go through a tough time. Abuse, neglect, just conflict, and so when you 
you say to people, look, this is not how I want to be. But if you've walked where I've walked, that trust me, you won't be a nice person. But the Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things are become new. And I'm not expecting you to become Mother Teresa in one night. But Paul says to a certain people, he says, by this time, it means that as time goes on, God expects growth. He expects you to begin to express his love. There is so much happening in our country today but you cannot be looking for purpose. It's not, your purpose is not far from you. Sometimes it's just to bring a word of encouragement to someone. Sometimes it's just to give food to someone who is, who is fronting like they have food, but really do not have food. When was the last time you decided to just, that this weekend I'm buying food for someone? doesn't matter whether they're my friend or not. When was the last time you just decided, I've got so much stuff, half of it, which I do not use, and I'm just going to take all the stuff and just give it to people? When was the last time you looked at all your plenty makeup stuff? You said, this is where I'm going to try and use my new makeup lines. And took your Mac and your Zaron, I used it properly, right? And all the other things. But just all the excess that God had blessed you with. So, you, you don't even, so now you're stacking shoes on top of shoes. And there are people who do not have shoes. Um, I believe that the scripture says, who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. I believe that uh, there's a call in our time. Since we are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. That ability that we have, you know, when you pray in the spirit in the morning, you receive an anointing. That anointing contains also the power, the ability to love. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.